welcome to our politics podcast. Um, we thought we wanted to have a conversation. We thought, what would we have a conversation about? Well, what do people like to talk about? Money, sex, and power. Money, sex, and power. So we did money. <laughs> we're going to do sex. Right now, we're going to do power. power. So that's what we want to do. I'm Alex Plato. I'm a professor at Franciscan University. I'll let and I'm Andrew itself. Jones, also a professor at Franciscan, and both of us are fellows at New Polity. So we want to start this conversation. It's going to be all about power. So why do we want to start with that? And what's the need for really having this conversation, you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it, politics is, is uh, chaotic, isn't it? I mean, I think Definitely. it's extremely confusing, extremely distressing. Um, I feel like uh, most people are just sort of spinning and have no idea. They feel like they don't fit, like right left left people on the right are like i don't feel there's something wrong with this people on the left it's like doesn't quite fit, fit right it doesn't go deep right but everybody's super animated about it they want action they want to do something they feel like they should be able to contribute right they feel kind of i think in a certain way yeah and I, undirected and I, I think a lot of the confusion that's going on is is that we don't have a clear picture of what of what politics is or are i don't know if we pluralize yeah. it yeah. or not and also of what what it means to have a Christian politics, exactly. right? So historically, in the last, I'd say, last seventy years or so, what has happened is that is that Christianity has been presented or has really been taught, I, I think, tragically by the pastoral church, in, in a way that it doesn't offer any sort of fundamental political framework. It doesn't offer any sort of real vision for for a political right. order, right. but is rather something that can be fit kind of fit conveniently in to the secular politics that are going on. I mean, I think that's right. true, e even though like some denominations or some Christian groups like have overt political things to say. Sure. But what you said, I think is, is a good thing to dwell on is there's not a fundamental vision offered and they're not, not a principled philosophical kind of vision no, offered right. by Christianity. It's sort of they fit in, as you said. Now, you're right. It's sort of there's a little department fit in that kind of fits on the surface, even though I think some of the participants think, no, I'm saying something really important because I'm pro-life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But but what the way it, the way it is actually formed, the way it actually presents itself is I'm, say, a center right. Yep. I have center right political views. Mm -hmm. And I'm aligned with a whole bunch of other center-right people. And then on these particular issues, because I'm Catholic, mm -hmm. I have a, 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 a sort of somewhat idiosyncratic belief yeah. as far as the rest of my party yeah, is concerned. Yeah, yeah you're kind of like right-center right center asterisk. So, so, yeah, so maybe I'm, I'm right of center. I'm a Republican. I generally think that Republicans' are, party platform is correct. Um, I generally think it's, it's, it's the right way of ordering things. I don't really make very much reference to my Christianity within all those beliefs. Yeah. And then maybe somewhere along the line, I think, but, you know, we really should have some sort of social safety net. Right. Because why? Well, because I'm a Christian and right, Christians exactly. care about the poor and it's good. Or or maybe I'll be maybe I'll have, uh, you know, if I'm like a really committed Catholic, yeah. maybe I'll, I'll say, well, you know, maybe we should reconsider the death penalty. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and my, like and my fellow Republicans yeah. are like, well, that's weird. And exactly. you're like, the no, basic let, fundamental thing yeah. is already there. And you can kind of like <laughs> just kind of carve it up a little bit, like modify the yeah. given that's already there. And that and that is it, that Christianity, then the principles, what, what tends to happen is that it's reduced to these particular so-called moral issues. Yes. Right. And so the church has presented itself as really, I think, um, presented itself to the world since really the world since World War Two, I think, yeah. as offering interventions mm -hmm in in very narrow um because instances. it's only competent to speak about you know morals and dogma right like and politics is already sort of separated from that 
yeah, in indeed. our kind of fundamental assumptions and worldview. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're if you're kind of center right or you're center left mm -hmm. and you're a Christian, you tend overwhelmingly to agree with your party um, and then to insert Christianity here or there idiosocratically. And your party tends to forgive you that. Right. Because right. you're an ally right. in, in, on the other issues. Right. And and I think that this is a tragic, a tragic situation. And it's it's really um, it's really obscuring and, and denying the radicalness of the Christian vision. Right. Because it really is a vision um, uh, that's from top to bottom. Right. Right. I mean, right. Of, of humanity and our order as a whole. And I think part of the part of the main the, the, the fundamental problem, one of the fundamental problems is that we've lost sight of what politics is. Right. I think we've lost that architectonic philosophical view because right. we're stuck in an ideological way of thinking where all the terms, the language game, so to speak, the moves we make right in conversations is already programmed by a previous ideology that ultimately is anti-Christian, yes. anti-Catholic. Right. And I think that's why we're here at New Polity trying to think through these things. Right. 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 There's something more radical. Christ came. Right. Not just to save souls out of this world of world order. Right. But to redeem and transform this whole order from the from the bottom to the top. All of it. Right. Socially, individually, right. politically, everything. Yes. And so he didn't leave anything out. He's the king. That's what that means. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we we have uh, like you mentioned that we, we're kind of trapped in these ideological discourses and these language games. And this can create a very mis like misconstrued understanding of the church's teaching on politics. So what's sometimes called Catholic social teaching right. or Catholic social doctrine. And, it, and it, per, it often presents the impression to people that the church's teaching is this sort of hodgepodge, sort of middle of the road, third way right. or of some right. sort. So it takes mixture, certain, so to certain speak. pieces yes. from the left, certain yes. pieces from the right, and then sort of puts them together in a way that isn't, it doesn't make anyone happy. Yeah. And the reason why it presents itself that way to people, or the reason why people perceive that is because they're living in that surface level language game. Yes. Right. And, and so they're viewing the institutions, the state, the private companies, yes. economics, all yes. of these things all the as, words that as the hear. fixed, yes. the fixed categories yes. of, of the discourse. Yeah. And then saying, well, what does the church say about the price mechanism? Yes. What does the church say about this, yes. about that? About equality, about and, racism, about yeah, whatever. Exactly. As, if it's, a, as if it's fits. another political party yes. within that order. Yes. And as if it has a, a party planks yes. or platforms and not understanding that what the church is actually doing um, is the, the, the magisterial church anyway, has been doing most often is going beneath all those mm -hmm. to the, the fundamental anthropological, cosmo cosmological yes. um, and moral principles yes. and then working out. And when you work out then to then say things about the current world, you say things that the partisans view as inconsistent. Yeah. Right. Doesn't fit. It doesn't fit in either one. But that's because they're not understanding that it's not yet another party right. in the same game, right. but is rather um, speaking a different language. Right. Right. And so I, I think the place where we begin in, in sort of unpacking that, mm -hmm. um, what that language is, um, is, is really to try to scrape away all that debris, that yes. sort of historical debris yes. and get to the, the fundamental principles. Yeah. I think it's right. hard. I think it's really hard sometimes to to imagine like how fundamentally different it is to think from the ground up. 
as, right. a, as a philosopher. Like when I teach, I think I'm teaching principles so that anything you hear, any conversation you have, right, um, books you read, videos you watch, whatever, you have a fundamental way of thinking from the ground up from principles. And the principles make sense kind of logically and they're ordered right. logically. I mean, that's the way that I think of it as a philosopher. Mm -hmm. And the way we encounter that is there's certain words, certain concepts, certain notions that have controlling um, have a controlling space within the dialogue. And right. I think what we want to do is work through some of those key ideas, notions, so that we have a framework where we can think from the ground up. We don't have to be captivated by any political ideology of any type, right, left, capitalism, socialism, nationalism, whatever. We don't have to be captivated by that. We can right. think about it and we can have a clear view. And now we can finally, I think, think our own thoughts, right, as soldiers of Christ think right. our own thoughts about these things so that we can take action with the energy and force that we, that we feel like we should, mm -hmm. that we should contribute to this, this, this team we're on, which is our community. So how do we do that? We need to start with the fundamental notions. And I know that you want to talk about the fundamental notion the whole time that we're going to be talking about is power. Power. So maybe, maybe kind of walk us through some of the key distinctions you think are important on that notion. And we'll start thinking about that. Yeah. So if we, if we just want to, if we just say, what is what is the principle that we're talking about when we when we talk about politics? I mean, even if we even if we look at politics the way we normally speak about them, yeah. and if we understand what are we really talking about, like when we, what we're really talking about is some people's power over other people, right? Right. It's that and simple. It, it really is, right? So so in the power, what what do we mean by power? The ability to affect change. Exactly. Right. So the ability to change something from A to B, the ability to affect something is is what we would think of as being as being power. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about politics, we're talking about what it, there, there's 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 a I think the fundamental there's a fundamental moral principle, which is how how should power be used right. to what end right. ought right. it to be used. Right. And then there there develops from that. Then once you answer that question, there is a like ever extending, ever expanding number of questions about um the efficacy of power, the, right. the, the psychology of human beings, right. the historical situation right. it ramifies uh, out so fast. What, yeah. what, what, what institutions wield what sort of power? I mean, yes. it, it becomes it becomes yes. this immensely complex yeah. political, yeah. prudential, architectonic yes. Yes. Um, um, question. These all these questions. Exactly. But without that, that prior assessment of what is the game we're yeah. playing, we got to get clear on that first, because right. then all that ramified discussion about all those things, which is really politics in the broad sense. Yeah. Yes. will become clear because we'll have this principle, this starting point, this sort of hub. Right. Yeah. So the first thing I want to think about when we talk about power, I guess, would be to talk about in a very, very simple way. Like mm -hmm. when, when I say something, I want and I want to get out here the complexity of the question of what is power. Because yeah. if you say something like, I have the power to walk across the room. Right. Right. Like what we're saying is that I'm, I'm able to do that. Right. Right. Um, and, and that involves my control over my body. It involves, I think it involves my ability to perceive the room, my ability to perceive its, its length, its extent, my ability to have some sense of the truth of the world, uh, the room, my ability to control my own body. And also then it also implicates the, the world itself, the room itself, because we're talking about what I have the power to do. Right. Right. So to do you can't do anything if you're not already in an environment, in a world, in a reality that right? can't that can that. in yeah. which I can act in these ways. Yes. So when I say I have the power to walk across the room, I'm, I'm saying that the room can support my weight. Exactly. For example, yeah. if it couldn't support my weight, I wouldn't yes. have the power to walk and across. And there's not a wall there. 
Yeah, you know? right. Like it's um, open, it's free, yeah. it's it's and it's strong enough to hold me. So so when you start talking about what power people have, you are always talking about the wor- the world of possibilities mm-hmm. in which they find themselves, right. right? So sometimes people will say politics is sort of the art of the possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's actually really really yeah. accurate, right? right? right. So the, all, the the what is possible is, to any given person in any given situation we could think of as the power that he has. Yes. I would like to expand out to, to okay. like, make a point. It's like, it's not just possible for what's individual. That's sort of your analogy. Yeah, but like, yeah, right. There's a community in a certain place on the globe, mm-hmm. right, in history, which is like the room, right? So right, there's right, certain right, possibilities for what yeah, they can do. Yeah. yeah, in that community, in that more local terrain, so to speak, right, and history. So it's not individuals, there's communities. What can communities do as communities, mm-hmm. right? So there's that element Yeah, to totally, it. right. Yeah. So so what's possible in one historical uh, time and place is not possible in another. Exactly. The power that's available to some people yeah. is not available to another. And, and part part of, of, of the, the, the philosophical complexity of that idea yes. is that we build our worlds yes. through power. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, exactly. so it has a sort of feedback loop. So when mm-hmm. I act to change my world, I'm also, not only am I acting in the immediate sense to change whatever it is I'm changing in that immediate context, yeah. but in changing that, I'm also changing the matrix of possibilities yes. for the next act. Yes. Right. So I've changed things. So now new things are possible. Yeah. Right. I had a power, the yeah. power to build a, a wall in the middle of the room. Right. I've now cha- now that I've done so, yeah. I've changed what's possible in that room. Exactly. Right. So the power dynamics are always changing. Right. So every the, whatever power we wield in any time and place is embedded in what I, I would call structures of power. Yeah. Right. That have been built yeah. by other powerful people. Yeah. yeah. Right. OK. So it's not. It, so power then becomes embedded in the social. Yeah. Right. And and really in this sort of ever, ever flowing or sort of uh, uh, dynamic, historical dynamic of the construction of our social worlds right. um, towards cer- certain ends. Right. right. Whatever it is we're perceiving, per- we're pursuing. And so there's there becomes inertias within yeah. those things. There yeah. becomes paths of least resistance. There yeah. becomes it becomes more possible or easier to do certain things and much harder to do yeah. other things. Yeah. But that's not necessary, yeah. right? Like uh, in a sort of a philosophical sense right. or a sort of ultimate sense, right. like it, those are contingent, those yeah. structures. Yeah, I want to step right? outside just for a second, like at a meta level. So I think that <laughs> oftentimes in a kind of liberal assumption, right, a kind of the kind of ideology that's accepted for granted that kind of controls the conversational hubs we were talking about earlier. Right. The assumption is that they've got the right terms and they're all neutral. Right. It's like you're an artist and here's a palette and here's all the colors and that's all there is. And that's right. all there is. So how are we going to And I'll give you that. that. So like, go ahead and start using this. Yeah, exactly. But I think the thing that liberalism, there, there's a kind of cloaking device it puts on itself, mm-hmm. right? Is that, you know, the language we use is one of those possibilities that you just mentioned. So language itself, the terms we're using to talk about power and how we're talking about power is itself part of power. Exactly right. Yeah. We can't get get out of that. So liberalism, which assumes it's neutral, that it's got this sort of purely rational objective view that comes down from God. Exactly right. Right. That's not the case. Language itself limits our possibilities. And that's one reason we're trying to bust out of the limited possibilities of liberalism and get past that. So, I mean, one way of of articulating that same point would be to say that political theory is is always a part of politics. Yes. Right. So, so what the way when you we, say part of politics, you mean like the practice, the of practice of politics. Yeah. So same so, about so, that. I really so, like that. So there's a, you can, yeah. we, can, we can divide, we could divide politics. It seems to me into practice and, and theory. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so Makes practice sense. is our, 
our actual use of power to affect mm -hmm. some sort of outcome. Yes. Right. And then the theory would be our discussion of that use. Yeah. And that includes what how we should use it. Um, not only in the sort of ought sense of the yes. moral imperative of what we ought to do, but also what's effective, what's not effective, what the yes. situation is, what, you know, what the, what, the, what the sort of layout of the world in which we live in, what the right. matrix of possibilities are, all mm -hmm. of that is aspect of theory, yes. right? And so theory is capable of critiquing practice. It also is capable of motivating practice. Yes. It's constantly giving a sort of running commentary yes. on practice. But it, it itself is, is practice. practice. Exactly. Because when I you are, and that, and that, yeah. and that it, itself is essential to understand is that the theory is practice as yes. well yes. because what you're doing when you speak right is obviously um wielding power yes all right you're so bringing like, forward like when that, i when like i the, say the things, analogy. Yeah, yeah when i when i say things to you um i am attempting to affect you mm -hmm. right I, I i'm saying things in a certain way in a certain right. with a certain um uh, structure a certain content that I'm attempting to convey to you to affect you in some way that I have a design Absolutely. on. Why else right? would you be talking? Why else would I do it? Yeah, so I'm about. using power. Yeah. I'm attempting to use power, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and that's just that's just the way language yeah. works. That's the way language is. And and so theory. Then why do I talk about the the world in the way that I do? What's my motivation? Yeah. Right? What what am I? What end am I working towards when yeah. I restructure theoretically the political yes. world in a certain? What way? is that end? Can you just say, say right at the beginning, like what is the end? We're so we're here. We're thinking about politics. We're mm -hmm. practicing politics. We want to talk about power. What is the end? Right, the goal of all this, of our talk, right, of our life, politically speaking. So, right, how do you boil that down to a principle in politics? Yeah. So, for, from I think I think the the the, the principle that we're going to build off over the course of this whole series is is that all power ought to be used for the common good. Yeah. Okay? I mean that that right there is is should be like mind blowing and paradigm shifting because when we hear power, power structure like power dynamics, that sounds like we're just capitulating to the kind of voluntaristic way, yeah, right? right. totalitarianism. Because, yeah, right, right. Like, like we're just going to use power when I talk to you, I'm like using power and I'm going to like just make you do what I want. And it's sort of like power has a negative. But that's because that's because yeah, it, that's that. because already we're we, the reason we feel that way is because we're already falling we're already subject to the theoretical power of the modern the modern framework yes. right because the modern framework is that all power is domination yes. Yes. right and so when we talk which about which is bad bad domination is a sub subspecies of of the sin of pride yeah right, right? It, it, all so power all yeah. power is effectively tyranny yes exactly and so and so, so we're told so we're told yeah. and so when we when when you hear in the postmodern discourse and you the, yes. you know everything is structures of power you got Foucault yeah. and Nietzsche yeah. and all these yeah, guys exactly. and, every, and and all of this and they are all it, it, that all starts sounding to our ears like everything is violence yes everything and is rationality everything doesn't is have domination a place. No everything is and everything is just, yeah. reasons impotent it's ultimately right. will you know right. the will to power that kind of idea. right but but in in the simple assertion that all power ought to be used for the common good we're already to use a very, very overused word, like problem, problematizing that, yes, yes. right? Like we're already saying. But I remember that conversation we had in the past about about the question Aquinas asked in the, in the first part. I think it's right. question 90 something. Um, you know, is there mastery, he said, in the garden? Would there be mastery? Would right? there be mastery, in the garden which is his word for power. Yes. Like, would there be power right. in the garden when there's no sin? And would there be power to, of one yeah. man uh, over another? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and his answer is is really crucial. So this, this is sort of the next step. So once we yeah. establish all power ought to be used for the common yeah. good, then the next step 
would I mean there's multiple steps here we're yeah. gonna have to get to what is the common yeah. good what yeah. is power how does power work exactly. I mean you can see how all this that, just spins into a, spin a massive yeah. but we're gonna have a test. hub yeah, yeah. but <clears throat> we start with Aquinas here so he says that there are two forms of power mm -hmm. I mean, he, he makes it very simple in the beginning and you have what he what he has is the first form of power, mm -hmm. which is what we would think of as like um, uh, domination or servile, mm -hmm. like the power, the, the, the sort of relationship between a master and a slave. Yeah. And the way he describes this is that the one who has power mm -hmm. wields it over the weaker one, mm -hmm. the weaker party mm -hmm. for his own good, yes, for his, his own, own gain, interest, his yeah. own interest, his yeah. own desire fulfillment. So he yeah. views the other, the weaker one as an instrument. Yeah. And right? it's in competition, so to speak, with his power. That's why he has to Sure. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, so he, he but, he, but they, he's approaching the other person um, for in the way in which he's useful yes. for himself. Yes. Right. So this is to treat another human being essentially as a tool. Yes. Merely a means. Merely a means, which yes. is to treat him as a slave. Exactly. As a piece of property. Yes. Okay. So this, this form, and then Thomas says, this necessarily hurts the weaker party. Yes. Right. Like, and, and he's, even if he doesn't feel it, it is damaging him. In well, it, da it, yeah. it damages him. It damages him. Yeah. Ultimately. Yes. But it also hurts him. I think even Thomas is saying even immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Because, because he's being forced to act yes. against his own good. Yes. Right. And he yes. knows that this is not yes. in his good yeah. and he's acting in a way that's not for his own good, which hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that form of mastery, Thomas says, would not exist. Of course. Of course not. Right. It's a so of something now, now the thing <laughs> is, of course, is that's the only form of mastery that, that the majority yes. of modern political theory recognizes as being yes. real. Yes. Okay. So, so Thomas says, no, that wouldn't exist. So what would exist? Well, the form of mastery where the one who has power wields his power for the good over the one whom he, over whom yeah. he wields yes. it. Right. Or, and then, uh, and then that's also the common good and yes. for the common yeah. good as because well. Because of course it's good for him, but it's also good for him. And that, right. The good of the other is the good of the self. The good yes. Of the self this is, the is, this, the is the, this is the yes. radical nature that's of this right. different form of power yes. is because the, the, what, what becomes what Tom, and so what Thomas says is that this is the form of power that would exist in the garden of Eden mm -hmm. and is also, um, it, 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 the way he describes it is that it's, um, it, how do we put it? It's the form of power that love basically, um, the way in which love manifests well, itself. It's the power of love. It's the power. Yeah. Of love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so if we, if we care for the other, over our, if we're, if we're using our power for the good of the other, this becomes yes. very, it's a very subtle and very complicated yes. idea. Yes. Um, and I think to understand it, we may be the best way to understand it would be to look at an example. So to look at the, one of the simplest examples would be like a parent with their child. Yeah. Right. So father and son, let's mm -hmm. say. So it's obviously the case that a father is more powerful than his son in, in, the, in our sort of everyday use of the word. Right. Right. right? But if he's a loving father and he's a good father, he uses that power for the well-being of his son and not for his own well-being. So he uses power over his son for the good of the son. Yes. Now what that, this is, this but is, can I pause for yeah. one second? Cause I think there's, there's something even more profound about the power of a father. And, uh, and I remember a conversation we had in the past about this and in a certain way, the power that a father has over his son is greater than it. That man's power is greater now that he's a father. 
Right, because he has a son. Now that he has a son, right? It's yes, like it's yes, like yes, a right, quarterback right. that doesn't have a line and receivers. Right, has a lot less power as a player than when he's got the line and the receivers. Right. So to speak, I mean that empowers him, so to speak. So when we have a son, right, that empowers us greater. Love gives us more power than we would have had without that. Right. And it's fundamentally metaphysical. It's not just right. I think I have more power, and it's nice to think of that idea. Sure. Having more power, no, I think literally. You know, the father's out there. You have a you have a feeling that you can't erase of love towards your son, care for your son or your right. daughter, right? That it's there and it makes you stay up at night. It makes you, you know, put yourself in pain. It makes you take risks. It makes you all those things. Yeah, sure. Right. right. So no, there's no, a no, metaphysical yeah, no, dimension. No, no. And I think yeah. one step back too is like you said, the the kind of ideological framework atmosphere that we have sort of treats power as slavish, mm -hmm. but not just that that's the only power, but that's the only power that can be and will be. It's inevitable. It's default. can't be changed. Right. Right. And so they, they, they treat literally the fall of man as the original condition. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So even though we talk or, about or this the, question or the of, fall of man being so complete that what, whatever, whatever was prior to it is meaningless. Yes. It's gone. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So the total depravity. Exactly. Sort of like, but I yeah. think even though that's sort of the assumption, it gets there where that's inevitable. Right. I think there's still non-Christians, right? Like Nietzsche himself, who recognized power isn't just one kind. He did, of course, you know, plump for that bad kind. Yeah. Right. But he recognized, right? He said there, well, yeah, there's he, power. He yeah. says he's, I mean, he, he says power is always the power to either give or to take. Yes. Now he wants to then do the, make yeah. the gift to giving, help or to hurt the help or to hurt. Yeah. But he wants then he, he, he he's then going to push that gift giving back into the power of domination yeah. eventually. Right. Yeah. The reason that gifts are given yeah. is for glory, for honor, for the things that right. elevate you. Right. 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 So, but so there's nevertheless, yeah. he's recognizing that power is always the power to give or to take. Yes. But, but. So I, I got you off track on the father. No, it's okay. Point. It's yeah. okay. Because that was a good, that was a, you're right. That, that, but what I want us to, what I want us to see here is yeah. that the, the loving power is not just a different end. Yeah. Right. So it's not like it's not like we're talking about the same thing, like it has the same sort of social form as the mm -hmm. power of slavery. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we I just slightly alter it. And it but we just like time. aim it someplace yes. different, but it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Right. OK, because that, that would get us to the point yeah. where all Christianity has to offer to politics is it is a, is a different um, terminus. Yes. A different end. Yes. But all the mechanisms and all the structures of politics would be identical. Right. Right. And some Christian um, political theorists make this mistake. I think it, it's, it's very common. But. Rather, what happens in, in, in loving power is that power itself takes on a different form, yeah. a different social form. And, and, and I'm going to try to explain it. I'll try. So when a father loves his son and so he puts his power in the service of the son, mm -hmm. right? So the service of the son's good, yes. the son's ends, yes. it's no longer the father's ends that he's using his power to yes. achieve, yes. right? He's no longer explicitly thinking about his son, his good, he's no longer affect his son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so in a sense, he's donating his power to the son or giving it mm -hmm. yeah, to the beautiful. son yeah. because the son then, and this, and this is, this is complicated, I think, because we think, well, the kid doesn't know what his own good is. The kid doesn't. And so it's like the, the part of the power that's being donated to the son is the father's um, understanding of what's good for the son. That's right. The father's virtue, the mm -hmm. father's intellectual ability, these things are being, so he's looking at the son and saying, what would the son desire if the son knew everything I know? Mm -hmm. 
what would my son want yeah. if he understood yeah. his, his best own self, his so be, the way I understand him? Yeah. What would because his son, of course, would want his own good. Yeah. This is you know the, precisely, we, and so and so he would want his own good, and so I'm going to give my power to him, including my ability to know better than he does yeah. what his own good is. Yeah. Okay, but I'm not at that point. Then my power becomes the son's power. Mm-hmm including my theoretical yes. power that we right. talked about right. how theory is power and yeah. you know um and it's no longer mine but he loves because he was first loved like he he is his existence yeah. empowered you and then once you're there you empower him and there's this that's right that's right yeah but and and the takeaway though, one of yeah. the takeaways is that neither my will nor his is simply being satisfied right right like it's not it's not like to donate my power to the son is that whatever his childish whims are happen. Mm-hmm. That's, that's to hurt him, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's mm-hmm. actually, that's actually to use my power, not in the way the son would want me to use it. Right. Right. If he right. knew everything I know, right. Right. right? He would yeah. know, but if he knew everything I know, he would know better than that. Yeah. Right. right. So, so, so you become power becomes decentered. Mm-hmm. It's not really clear who has it. Diffused. Right? It becomes diffused yes. in it, in the, in the situation. Yeah. And it becomes, and then of course the objective then think of a loving father. So it's like the exact opposite of, you know, when, when we think about anger as a vice and we, 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 we contemplate our own self in an examination of conscience and, and, or read other moral theologians about anger. Like when we get angry and that there's that power that we want, it's like a hammer is being formed. Right. And we're ready to, you know, it's concentrating power so that we can That's right. use violence. And, and this kind is the exact opposite. It doesn't concentrate to, to, you know, forcefully do whatever my will is in my own self-interest, but it spreads out and grows. Right. right. And gets that's bigger right. and expands. Yeah. So, right? so and, and that's, and that's exactly right. So that's yeah. where I was going to go is that, is yeah. that in the, in the first form of power, the power of domination, like you said earlier, yeah. it's, it's competitive. Yes. Right. And there's, and there's scarcity. So my slave's relative power minimizes mine. Yes. My relative power you know, minimizes mm-hmm. his. Mm-hmm. I seek to, I, and in that, in that form of domination or power, I seek to amass as much power as I can, yes. right? Which is, um, which is simultaneously the, the pushing of the, uh, the people I surround into ever greater servitude yes. towards yes. me, yes. right? But the, the loving form of power um, uh, increases, it's non-competitive, yeah. it increases and diffuses power, but mm-hmm. without minimizing the power, without, it's not like the father yeah. then becomes weaker, right? right? This, is, this is the thing, and this is the thing that like, the, modern, the modern framework, I think, has it, basically can't understand it's like so let's say a loving father what what is his objective what is he doing well he's trying to grow his son trying to build his son into a powerful person in his own right Mm -hmm. right like you were saying trying to build him into virtue trying to build him into understanding build him into knowledge to build him into a a, a man who himself can now wield the maximal amount of power that he is capable of but in doing that so now, now the, 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 does the father grow weaker as the son grows stronger? Right. And it's like, well, it's no, not it's, a zero sum game. it's exactly the yeah. opposite. Not only does it not diminish the father's yeah. power, but it in fact increases it yeah. Yeah. because what happens to the son as he grows more virtuous? What, let's just think, what is his orientation towards his father? Now, if you have people who have a very healthy relationship with their fathers would understand this, yeah. right? Like as you grow older, you become in a sense more equal to mm-hmm. your father like mm-hmm. more peers right but does that is that like think just think of it in a very like practical sense yeah like like your father has a bunch of sons and as they grow 
what sort of social power does he wield? Like as they grow more powerful and more yeah. loving and it's yes. a loving relationship, so they're more obedient to him yeah. and not obedience in a servile way or yes. in a childish more way, able to honor but, him, but more obedient able to in a him. human, yes. fully developed human free way. Yeah. He actually wields more power because now he can call upon these sons. Yes. Right. And these yes. sons are themselves powerful. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so his, his donating of power is not is not doesn't just it's not just a minimizing of it it's actually an increasing i think that concept is another one of those paradigm shifting ideas right that that as the the love is true right and genuine and good that father gets more powerful right like his it's obedience so to speak that makes him gives him that empowerment Mm -hmm. right and i think that people often say how do we want how are we going to make changes in this political are we going to go top down we're going to go bottom up how's this going to work like are we going to be all are we going to go populism is that's the only way we're going to do some sort of government programs and it's this simple divide but i think this to me is a paradigm shifting thing because the bottom, right, which is the people obeying is what gives the top power. So there is no, you can't have just top down or just bottom up. Truly it's like us as a team, right, are empowering everybody. And some of those people are rulers. Yeah. So let's think about this. Why does a slave obey his master? Yeah. Yeah. Why does, I mean, I I actually use the word obey loosely. Why does he submit? Yeah. Why does he do what his master says? I think in most situations in human history, fear. Fear. Yeah. And 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 it and it could be either fear of punishment or a, 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 I think a version of fear is a promise of reward. Yeah. Right. But yeah. some sort of anxiety yeah. yes. that then is being satisfied. Yes. Yes. Right. In one way or the other, some exactly. sort of um, discontent. Exactly. Right. And so, but let's just say fear for simplicity's yes. sake. So, the 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 slave obeys out of fear. Well, the fear is the fear of losing something that the slave loves. Mm-hmm. Something good. Something yeah. good. Mm-hmm. All right. So that what that means is that the 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 power of the tyrant is always secondhand, mm-hmm. right? So the power that he can only bring to bear the power of the slave yes. to the extent that the, yes. in the slave's calculation, mm-hmm. right, the fear outweighs the good, the yes. love, yeah. right? Now a loving father doesn't have that problem. Right. He can call. He can call to bear the totality of his son. Yes. Right. The All whole man, of, the whole man yes. is now ordered in obedience yes. in the, within the family. Yes. Right. And so the relationship is more powerful because it's not competitive. And so it, 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 it pulls. It's actually based upon the positive rather than the negation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's I mean, a more if, powerful if, structure. If, if the whole man is brought to bear to me, that that idea is very deeply theological, too. I mean, we're in the image of God when right. all of us is brought to bear on anything. That is God acting in the world through us. That right. is God's action. Well, this is the reason way. this is the reason why yes. the tradition endlessly just consistently speaks of all power as as divine mediation yes. of power. Yes. And that obviously isn't like that servile Nietzschean, like will no. the power, right. power structure. <laughs> yeah, no, That's no. like, they, totally they, mean, they mean real power, true yes. power. Yes. Right. Not, not this sort of um, false power that is the consequence of sin. Yeah. And the reality of sin. Okay. So, so what, one of the things we're talking about though, is that the way, the way we conceptualize politics changes because loving father, the loving power, the power that's, that is for the weaker party, mm-hmm. we might say, produces a form of decentered power, yes. Of diffused yes. power that is nevertheless a stronger unity, yes. Right, like the diffusing of power is 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 an aspect yeah. of the unity. It's almost the like the, the power spreading. It's a spread power, right? Because diffusing almost sounds like you're kind of yeah, yeah kind of like diluting. Better. I don't mean that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but I know what yeah. you mean because we start in this world of modern states, right? Power is radically centralized, and we need right. to devolve that power. We need to diffuse that power out again, right? Right, and so it's true, and it can grow, right? So we want to spread the power. Mm-hmm. We want the power to grow and be organic right, right, right. like that. And I think to again, God, all true power comes from God. So it's like God's action through love, right, mm-hmm. spreading through the community. We want politics to be about that. We we're not idealists. We're not. It's right. not some like wish that we have that's unreal. That's not achievable. That's merely idealistic. Right. And I think that's what's hard for us to believe. We, we're, we're, we're in this political order mm-hmm. where we think that the options are basically like this sort of thing, which isn't that great. And this sort of thing, which isn't that the great and the stuff in the middle, which isn't sort of the great. And we kind of we just advance our own personal ideals and sort of just accept this as kind of. Eh. Right. Right. But we want this to be. No, Christ can live. Christ can be the center of our politics, of our community. That that's real. That's really possible. Not only is it really possible, it's actually happened. It, it, right, it's, it's, actually, it's actually the, 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 the real structure of the worlds that we really live in. Yes. Right. So like, like we gave that example of the slave always being afraid of losing something he loves. Yes. So that kind of power, yes. that form of power, which we think we tend to think is, is politics yes. is always actually parasitical yes. on the prow- the sort of power that we find in the relationship of a loving father mm-hmm. and his son. Right. So the yeah, str- you got to explain that more. How's that parasitical? How does it depend on that in a certain way? Why does a soldier yeah. go fight for a, a tyrant in yeah. his army? Because yeah. he loves his family. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like exactly. he wants it, to defend it, something he, he loves. He wants to defend something he loves yes. or he loves his fellow soldier or he loves his right, fatherland, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. Right. But the, the violence itself is never the thing that marshals human power. Right. Right. Or the sort of that, that doesn't make sense. Right. I see. I see. And so, and so you have one of the things that we need to do is learn to see in the world, the real foundation of Mm. our order, Mm. right. To the extent that we have order, right. And as we, as we kill, as we destroy those foundations, as we weaken those foundations, we're going to slide into ever increasing disorder. Yeah. Right. And into ever increasing war, which is sort of the absence. Yeah. The, you know, the, you know, actual violence is the place where you see, um, the, the lack of those goods. Yeah. So I guess right? I, I was kind of, when I first heard you say that, I kind of had a gut reaction, which was maybe based on an assumption. I had, a, again, a liberal assumption. Like I find these in myself as I try to think through these. There's still roots in there. Is that this kind of, you, you said there's two powers. So in a certain way, we might think that's like yin and yang. There's like a bad right, right, kind right, and a yeah. good kind. And they're like always there and they're kind of equal. We just prefer this one. Yeah, what we're like, saying is no, 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 no. This is kind of fake. This is a fake power. That's right, yeah. It's fake. It looks like power because it borrows some of this stuff from true power. I mean, in a certain simple, yeah, it steals it in a simple anthropological way. It's like the tyrant uses his will. God made the will. The will is a good thing, Mm -hmm. right? But it's meant to be ordered in a certain way, according to God and all the things he made. Right. But it can be used not in that order. Right. But it can still be used. Right. So the will itself, right. Mm -hmm. As God made it is intrinsically good and the source of power. Right. Right. um, Over other people. And so I, I think I see now, I think I made my, my, I wandered out of that dead end, I think. Yeah, no, that it's, it's, it's a very, I think it's a very important point because what we, what, what it allows us to see, I think. So what we're talking about is the priority of love or the priority of peace, the priority of truth, yes. the priority yes. of goodness. I mean, this yes. just gets back to basic yes. sort of metaphysics. Our kind of transcendental basic values. Transcendental metaphysics. Which people, I think people that think politics think that stuff all, that's all irrelevant. I know they, that doesn't uh, come to bear. That doesn't have anything to do with, with, with politics. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I know. I, I think that's another conversation for philosophy class or something. Right. Right. Or theology or some 
personal ideals or worldview. Or yeah, something. right, right. It's so, not real. It doesn't have power. Yeah, and 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 it, and it obscure because of that. It obscures for them un, an understanding of our current social political situation. So what, here's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We live in a world. So we we think politics. We think the state. Yes. We think politics. We think. Okay, but that itself state the arrangement the forms the that policies, itself yeah. is the is the power of the ideological construction so you're talking about how theory has power yes right like yes. so they've told us that yes and then we've and so we've and we've, we've heard it in every and we've heard it so many times that now we think that that there's this division between the public and the private yes but the public and the private is an aspect of ideological power yes. like they've created that division so that they can then say all that lovey stuff all that yeah. kind of like ultimate ends and yeah. values and good yeah. that's private stuff yes, exactly right but the public stuff yeah the public the the, the, the political yeah. stuff yeah is this coercive violent yeah. structures domination that are that are right put in place by power to control things yep and right. the and the and it's and that power can be sort of neutral towards the private one the yeah. value and it's supposed to but, be but, anyway but yeah. once we start once we once we see how the power of the loving father is actually prior to and the foundation on which the power of domination yeah. is the only way it can function um we start to see that no the political order that we're living in like our actual political order yeah. is the order of all that private stuff yeah Okay, so it's it's the it's the order of morals, it's the order of families, it's yeah. the order of friendship networks, yeah. it's the order, right? Yeah. And now that, and then it also includes yeah. what we what we talk talk about as politics, so the yeah. state. Yeah. It also includes the police. It yeah. also includes the military. Because, but but they're not. There's no sort of barrier mm -hmm. other than a. A, a really arbitrary and contingent sort of categorical barrier that's yeah. been drawn um, because of uh, because of a particular ideology yes. between public and private. But I also notice in, in in that in that little bit you're saying is it's actually reversed that previous notion that we were just kind of talking about is I think the private sort of like where love and like you said that kind of stuff yeah. which is actually the real power depends on the political which is this fake power. So they've actually inverted it. They think that they, this yes, love that's, that's kind, what liberalism is done. Love depends on real power depends on fake power i mean that's yeah, what's going so, on they, so, they've reversed the parasitic relation that's right my so, love my ability to follow god and like my religion is dependent on this modern neutral liberal state that allows me to do that so it so to speak is the superior power it's the basic power the dependent everything else is dependent on it it's completely just reversed it that's what they've done it's upside yes. down so 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 if you look at a christian political order um in, in, in historically speaking, like yeah. Middle Ages, Christian political order, the order of or the the, the actions of violence, the use yeah. of violence, which yeah. is necessary because of sin, yeah, um, which we could talk about. No, we have to definitely talk but about maybe, that. But maybe next time. Yeah, we're going to talk but about that soon. That becomes um, uh, an aspect of a, of a political order that is based upon the, the, the loving form of power. Yeah. Okay. So so the order itself it emerges out of this sort of diffused or, or yeah. spread yes. power, yes. you know, where there's different organizations, yes. different families, different associations, yes. different groupings, different communities ever that have power. that yeah. have all these sort of power and they're all related to each other mm -hmm. through through systems of honor and cooperation. morality, cooperation, yes. do yes. I mean, all this kind of stuff. Yes. And then there are there's violence because violence is necessary. So you have to exhibit you use violence, but violence necessary in this order, in this world in which yes. we live. And that then flows out of those structures. Yes. 
And what you're talking about is exactly right, is that, is that what modernity has done has reversed that. Yes. Okay, so so the the structure, any sort of any sort of nonviolent um, social order is now underneath the umbrella of yes. this ubiquitous yes. violent order that yes. holds the world in being yeah, so default. that those things can be there. Yeah, exactly. And those things, those things themselves to the ideologues aren't real. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're fake. Those are fake. Yeah. So, so, There's so little so, toys that the children can play with, whereas we're the, we're the big guy. We'll take care of them. And we can describe yeah. their little structures of positive power, you know, those little structures of positive power in a totally negative sense. Yeah. So yeah. we can describe it as uh, individual actors seeking their yeah. self-interest in negotiating yeah. based upon juridically yeah. defined rights and private property, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah. no. And which is which is we can describe their behavior in within the framework of power as domination. Yes. And we don't need power as love to make sense of no. our world. That's irrelevant. Right. right. And I think that's how the, it, I would say one of the biggest results of liberalism, modernism, what I would call post-Christianity, right. right, is that all of our social institutions have become what, what we, what this term I really like called practical atheism. That's right. Yeah. Like, or, you know, we talk about systemic racism and that's a big problem. And what do we do about that? Well, I think the real problem is systemic atheism, mm -hmm. meaning the institutions are formed in a way, right, that makes belief in God, that makes Christianity irrelevant. You can believe in God if you want, but you don't have to. You right. can be a Christian if you want, but you don't have to. That's sort of like irrelevant. That's nice. I mean, yes. more than 50% of people believe in God, but are our institutions theistic? Are right. we systemically theistic? <clears throat> Even systemically deistic? No, we're systemically atheistic. And right. I think that which that's means, the evidence. Which means systemically yes. violent. Systemically violent. Right. Exactly. I think... I think that's a that's a good place maybe to, to drop off for today. Okay. I think that we've like hit some of the key ideas, mm -hmm. um, kind of got maybe an interest in this, and, and we have politics as being about power and these two different kinds of power. Right. I mean, I think it seems like it seems like this is kind of abstract, and we were talking about, you know, um, human anthropology and metaphysics and some kind of like things that seem abstract and not necessarily connected. Um, but I think as soon as we get to some of those other concepts that we want to talk, that we want to hit on, right, the fundamental sort of philosophical notions that form the language, right, right by which to think and act truly politically, right, for Christ, for his good kingdom, right? I think when we get that, we'll see how to connect the dots. Yeah. And I think we've already yeah. made here, made progress here yeah. because... Because just the simple notion of power as being that it ought to be for the common good, yeah. we've already we've already we're already undermining the categories, the way in which yes. we divide up power. Yes. So so an obvious example would be there's a sort of conundrum going on in political discourse right now about what to do about people like organizations like Twitter or Facebook yes. or something yes. like that. Yeah. And, and, and the biggest problem is like, well, it's private. Yes. Public, private. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, power. Right. It's powerful. Right. Power ought to be used for the common good. Right. Okay. So there we begin. Yes. So now let's look at Twitter. That's perfect. Right. I like that. Okay. So I think, <laughs> I think if you guys like this conversation so far, make sure you subscribe. And if you need to, if you want to donate, go for that too. Um, we love having these conversations. We hope to see you next time and continue our conversation. Mm -hmm. um, of course, all we want to talk about is really money power and sex. <laughs> We're going to leave money to the good money guys, right? Yeah. Sex that'll come eventually, but we'll stick with power for now. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.